Women Taking the Lead, Episode 15. If I need the help, I turn to it. If I need the help in the household, if I need the help to publish, if I need the help to edit, if I needed help, I have no qualms about asking for it. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. This episode is sponsored by Luma Coaching. Want some support to get your dreams off the ground? Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Norma Yeager, and when Norma acquired her New York Stock Exchange license in 1962, she didn't know any of any other women in the industry. The stock exchange didn't even allow women to step foot on its floor, but having just escaped poverty and determined to support her children, Norma wasn't going to let anything stop her from becoming a stockbroker. During her long career, she founded a mutual fund and two security brokerage firms that transacted millions of dollars of trades every day. She made fortunes and folded companies, all while raising five children. Persevering to achieve the work-home balance, Norma rose through the ranks of a male-dominated industry, opening the door for young women who would come up behind her. And thank you for that, Norma. And that is just a teaser for the audience. So tell us more about you and where you came from. Well, as you know, I was born in the first half of the last century, the 20th century. And at that time, women were not expected to have careers. Their career was their family. Marriage was the first goal that they had. We graduated high school. And if you weren't married by the time you graduated, you were an old maid. <laughs> at, any, mm-hmm. at any rate, um, I was determined, to, though, to go further in my uh, education, which I believe everyone should have, and uh, went to the um, Bernard Baru School of Finance, uh, which was connected to City College of New York. And I love banking and finance. I took uh, accounting, and the numbers were really exciting to me. But I didn't think of anything as a career. I just did that and then got a job as, as a uh, bookkeeper part-time. And then I raised a family. I got married, had my children, and never thought in terms of having a career. I wasn't a teacher or a nurse. Those are the only careers that were out there. And so I uh, never thought that I was going to need to have a career. However, the education was really good for me because when my husband lost his job and I had to help feed my family, I now had to go out and find a job. Now, where would I go? I mean, you know, I didn't have the qualifications of doing anything. It was 10 years into a marriage. I had three children by that time. And um, I was lucky to real to find that there was an opening at the um, Home & Wheat, which was a major brokerage firm in New York at that time, uh, that they were starting a training program for stockbrokers. Well, I love the stock market. I used to sit in front of the windows to watch the ticket tapes and so on, but never thought of a career as a stockbroker. However, I attempted to go up and make an appointment and to be interviewed. And the interviewer said to me, well, 
We've never hired a woman for this kind of job. However, if you pass the psychological test that we give, it's a three-day test to see if you have an aptitude for this job. Well, I must have done very well because he called me in and he said, you know, we're thinking of hiring you. The only problem we have is we don't know what to pay you. I said, Mm -hmm. why is that a problem? He said, well, we never had women before. And, you know, men have all kinds of expenses. They have families. They have wives. They have uh, uh, travel expenses, clothing expenses. I said, I have the same expenses. And, in fact, I have three children at home. I have to hire a wife. Well, (laughs) (laughs) he looked at me startled and said, I never thought about that. He said, you know what? I see why you did well on those tests. You're great. He said, you will get the same pay as all the other men. And so the point I'm trying to make is when you go in for equal pay, you have to give them a reason why you think you're entitled to the equal pay. Do you have the education? Do you have the ability? I mean, do you have all the things that are necessary for you to do the equal job? And if you do, don't fight. Just negotiate. The whole purpose is to negotiate. At any rate, I got the job and I started the training program, which was the most exciting thing at that time in my life. That's amazing, Norma. And you're absolutely right. I think that's sometimes what holds us women back is we're not trained to negotiate. So thank goodness we have models like you who aren't afraid of it (laughs) and go for it and start earning the same pay as men, especially back in 1962. I can imagine that was probably a little unheard of that you would come back and give all these reasons for why you should earn equal pay. But good for you for doing that. And you've had success in your life and you've definitely gained confidence, but take us back to a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the stories and the lessons you've learned. Well, you know, my father and mother were from um, the uh, Middle East. I was first generation and their culture, of course, was women were second class citizens as, as they are today in many of those countries. And so I was brought up with the thought that the men took the lead. My brothers were king of the family. They didn't have to do dishes or make beds or help out or do anything like that. All they had to do was go to school. And so we were not told that we had, that we as women, my sister and I, um, had the idea that we had to go to school. So I fought that. My father said to me, you know, Women can't go to college because if they get too smart, they make poor marriages. Men don't like smart women. That's the culture I grew under. And so I insisted. I said, no, no, I'm going to college. And so I went to City College because I didn't have to pay for it. It was a, a school that I could do. And so, and he didn't have to pay for it. And so I went and it was important to me because my father was putting me down all the time. I started to take driving lessons, and he said to me, you know, you're a pretty good driver. You drive like a man. And so I always thought in terms that men were better than women. Uh, At that time, also, we couldn't have bank accounts. We couldn't have credit cards. Women women in, in general, not only me, but women in general at that time, could not do any of the banking that men could do. And so I was feeling put down as a woman, and therefore I had to find my way to make myself 
reach up to be as good as men. And that is a terrible thing for any girl to grow up with because you're always comparing yourself to the men. I have to be as good as, as they are. And, I, and then I wanted to be better. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Definitely put a drive in you, didn't it? And what I'm hearing from your story is it wasn't from a lack of doubt in yourself that you were holding yourself back, but it was self-imposed. Well, not self-imposed. It was imposed on you by others that you had to play small. Exactly. I, I was told that I, I constantly tried to, uh, to prove my father wrong. You know, it was one of those things that I think I had to bring it from the bottom to me to feel that my father was wrong, you know, and that's terrible to have to put your father down all the time. But through my life, I had to prove to him that I was just as good as my brothers were. It made you feisty. It made, well, it made me fight. And that's, that was good because that's what I did throughout my career. I was always fighting against men. <laughs> and so <laughs> just being a woman was difficult in my time. You had to stay home and raise your family, which was wonderful. I enjoyed my family. But sometimes you have to go out and fend for yourself. Now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake-up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. Well, you know, I was doing very nicely in the brokerage as a stockbroker. I gained a lot of clients. I had to prove that I, um, you know, I had to uh, dress for the job all the time. And I found out that in order not to be considered a secretary, you know, at that time, brokerage firms were on the ground floor with big glass windows. So people walking by could view in and see the various, uh, you know, stock uh, uh, ticker tapes. And so I said, you know what? I have to be different. And so I went out and bought a hat and outfits to be dressed for the job. I put a big brooch, not a, not a, a, a real one, but uh, a costume brooch. And I was considered the hat and brooch lady. And um, that made me feel the part. I walked in, in the, into my office and I felt different, proud of myself. And I stood up and really made the difference was dressing for the job and making my feel, myself feel like I was successful. I think that was one of the most important wake-up calls that I had. How you dress for your job so that you look the part. After all, I was selling thousands of dollars of stock to individuals that were wealthy. And I couldn't come in and look like a, a peon. I had to look like I was somebody that was successful. And that made a huge difference in my career. And how did this wake-up call impact your day-to-day -day life today? Well, even today, if I have to dress up to go to a function, I think about what the function is about. Is it something that I want to impress myself? Or do I want to impress my family? Or what is it that the function is about? And I try to prepare for it. I think preparation uh, is very important. You don't just do it. You prepare for everything that you do, especially if it has something to do with your career. Mm. 
And what I want everyone to get is there is no one way to lead. We're all different. We're all going to lead differently. So Norma, how would you describe your leadership style? I made sure that everyone was educated properly for the job they were doing. If I were hiring people, I had to be sure that they knew everything about their function in the job. You know, my traders had to do their job thoroughly. My secretaries had to know at the time computers came in, they had to really work on the computers. And uh, I really felt that in leadership, you had to be prepared. Uh, You had to be organized and you had to be properly educated in whatever you're doing. You can't go in and say, I'm going to learn on the job. You do not learn on the job. You have to lead, uh, even even separate yourself like traders. I didn't expect them to be my secretaries. I expected them to do the job, to trade well, and to be on the top of their job, or they were not being, uh, I was not handling my, my leadership properly. And so when people came, when I interviewed individuals for jobs in my firm, I wanted to see how they presented themselves. Again, were they dressed properly? Were they interested in, in doing the proper job? And when did they have the education to do that job? I emphasize education because there is nothing to take that place. There was a young woman when, that uh, interviewed me. And she said, you know, I'm getting another job. I'm going to be the first woman sports announcer. And she says, what would you tell me to do? I said, if you're going to be the first woman sports announcer, you go home and do homework. You should know what every player's record is. You should know exactly what he's done in his life, know his whole history, so that when you're asked a question. You don't want to turn around and say, gee, I don't know. I'll have to look it up. It should all be in your head. So do your homework. Know your job. Know exactly what you're expected to do. And that's the best advice I could give anybody that goes out to do something special, whether you're a woman or a man. It doesn't matter. But particularly for a woman, because they are always testing. Men are always testing us. They want to make sure we know what we're doing. And so be on top of the job. And what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Well, of course, I'm excited about my book, Breaking Down the Walls. I wrote that book to help others. Uh, I particularly wrote it for my family to start with. I wanted to leave them a legacy. And then I said, you know, this book will help many women to overcome the walls that they're facing in industry today. And so we published the book, and I'm excited to be able to uh, be interviewed like yourself mm-hmm. and have the book sold because I think it will benefit anyone who reads it. It's not a difficult read. It's fun. But I really think that um, right now I'm anxious to sell my book. I, you know, And I'm reading the book right now, too. We chatted a little bit about it before the interview, not qu- having quite finished, but oh my gosh, I'm enjoying it. I love your style of writing and ha- your perspective and how you looked at things. I think it's fascinating to uh, put myself in the psyche of a woman in 1962, branching out into an industry that really did not uh, have any other women. Like you were a pioneer 
in that industry. So it's just, it's wild. And especially because I worked in mutual fund operations to just kind of hear that that's story from that perspective. So that's really great. So Norma, I'm going to do a quick leadership round us. So tell us what is one practice that makes you a better leader? The one practice that I have is be a good listener. Listen to the problems that people have. Listen to what is going on around you. Be a listener and take in as much as you can. Learn. Always be learning. I think that when you stop learning, you stop living. You have to learn what's going on around you. Read your magazines. Read your newspapers. Listen to TV. Listen to be, I do I do a lot of reading on my computer. Read, get all the information you can, because in order to be a good leader, just like I told that lady sports announcer, you have to know your subject. And I enjoy a lot of reading and a lot of going out there to listen to what is going on. When I had, um, I had 50 stockbrokers working in my firm, and it was very important for me to hear what they had to say, one of their, what their problems were, helping them with them, and be a listener, not a talker. What is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Well, of course, my book, Breaking Now. <laughs> <laughs> that is one. Uh, there's another book that I read that I enjoyed for the reading purpose, because it opened my eyes that my problem was not only my problem, but it existed around the world. I read a book by Lisa C. S-E-E. It's called Shanghai Girls. It's a story of two sisters who had to live in China under, of course, the Chinese rule and the revolution and what have you, and under the culture of the Chinese, which is a very interesting culture, but also puts down women a great deal, as you know. And so reading that book, it's their struggles. Not the same as mine, but not very different either. Against parents who put them down, against the uh, the society who put them down. And it really is a book that is enjoyable to read. It's written beautifully, but it also opened my eyes to the struggles that all women are having all over the world. And knowing what you know now, if given a chance to go back and do anything differently, what would you change? Well, I also would know that um, I was naive in a lot of ways. You know, I tried to knock the doors down and the walls down when sometimes you cannot do it. You can't be naive to the fact that you're capable of doing so much. You cannot do everything. I found that I had to get help from my family, no matter how much I would love to be able to be home with them. I had to be able to share my, my, uh, my responsibilities with my husband. I had to share them with my children. I am sorry I couldn't spend more time with my family as they were growing up. That bothers me because that's a price I had to pay for success. But with it all, They are proud of me, and I am proud of me today. And Norma, before we say goodbye to you, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. I believe fear is your worst enemy. When you're afraid, you stop learning. 
you stop moving forward. And I always say to myself, I'm afraid to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Fear is always your worst enemy. And fear stops you from, from moving forward. Just do not be afraid to try. Keep trying. Keep trying. No matter if you succeed or fail, go forward. And I failed many, as the book will tell you, I failed in many things. But I always tried again and again until I finally became very successful. And, uh, and I became a winner. And Norma, since we have a little bit of time, we really did get through those questions really fast. Um, if you could speak directly to the women who are listening to this podcast, who maybe doubt themselves, they, they have a big dream or they'd like to have, or maybe they only have a niggling of that they could be something more, but they're not sure what that is. What would you say directly to them? Well, try different things, you know, don't be afraid to try something new. Um, you know, at the time that I was growing up, women had no opportunities to even think about jobs. I mean, today there are doctors, women doctors, lawyers, firefighters, police people. There are sportscasters, astronauts. Um, uh, there are all kinds of things open for women. Don't be afraid to try something new. Um, my feeling is that there is opportunity out there for everyone. And if you don't, and you try something, you don't like it, try something else. Don't be afraid to go out and get these different exposures because you don't know what you're going to like until you do it. And doing is what I, I feel that every woman has to pick herself up and do something. You cannot sit home and wish. You got to do. You got to do. I love that. <laughs> you got to just get out there and do it. I mean, look at all the opportunities. Uh, yeah, there's even lady bus drivers, uh, people that delivered packages for FedEx and UPS. This was unheard of in my time. All we had was a secretary, a nurse, and a school teacher. And, of course, uh, raising a wonderful family, which was the best job. But not everybody could do that when you're in need. And I was in desperate need of having to earn a living. And so I did what I liked. I enjoyed numbers. I liked the stock market. And I went for it, not knowing there were no women stockbrokers, not knowing there are no women, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, newscasters. This gal went out and became the first woman newscaster. And, you know, that's why I say you have to go out and try. But most important, get your education. Walk in with the tools to learn. And that's the important thing. Because once you are capable of learning, you're capable of doing any job you want to do. Mm. And I love how you kind of implied there that there's ignorance can be bliss, right? Sometimes it's good that you don't know that there are limitations out there so that you just go for it. So having a balance of being educated, but you know, don't, don't look too far to find the hardships you know, follow your passion and go for it and just learn as you go right. is also key. And Norma, what are some new things like that you're, you're in your retirement right now. So what are some new interests or ventures you're finding yourself going to now? Well, firstly, I did, after I retired, we spent almost 10 years traveling the world. I have seen the whole world. 
Um, my husband and I really planned to do that, and we did do it. We uh, love travel. We continue to do that, finding new places, new things, uh, new excitement. And so that, of course, you know, takes quite a bit of money. But those that don't have money, there are cheaper ways of going. There are ways of learning how to, to find new places to see and getting there. Uh, so I explore that. And I, I love it. Uh, the other thing I'm doing at this time, and this is something new that I'm just signing contract on, is I have somebody that's interested in taking my book and doing a TV program for it. So I'm excited about that right now, and hopefully I'll learn something about that industry. Let me tell you, in order to publish my book, that was a whole new field for me. I knew absolutely nothing about publishing, and that was a learning experience. I put two feet into it, I wrote a book, and now what do I do with it? <laughs> I have to tell you, it was exciting, it was different, and it takes a lot of know-how. And I had to seek that out and people that could help me do it. I always look for help as well. If I need the help, I turn to it. If I need the help in the household, if I need the help to publish, if I need the help to edit, if I needed help, I have no qualms about asking for it. Don't be afraid to ask for help when you need it. That's huge. I really, really want to underscore that. And I'll probably play that at the beginning of this episode because it's so important to not have so much pride that you're afraid to ask for help or feel like people will not think you're good enough if you're asking for help. Trust me, ask for help. You know, we all need it and we'll get further faster with the help of others. So Norma, what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you? Well, I do have a website. It's uh, www.norma, N-O-R-M-A, Yeager, Y-A-E-G-E-R.com. You can read about me and um, connect to Amazon and Barnes & Noble and purchase a book or an ebook for your Kindle. Uh, you can go on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm on all of those. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, buy my book and learn about me. It's my whole story of my career, my pluses and my failures. And I did fail quite a few times, I have to tell you. And uh, you learn from it. Failure is not so terrible. You learn from it. You learn the mistakes you could make and you learn that you won't do that again. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. So um, I do think that um, uh, the excite life is exciting. Take a big bite of the apple. And for you listening, you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com, or you can use the shortened URL, which is womentl.com. And Norma, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We're all better for having met you. Well, thank you very much, Jody. I enjoyed the interview, and I hope this will help some of your audience to break some of the walls that they have surrounding themselves. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? 
Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.